0: Hello, my friends this is spencer michaud and today we're going to be talking about the full moon in aries three uh, i'm joined today uh, by my good friend cat rose nelligan how are you doing cat
1: i'm good thank you it's an honor to be here i feel like it's appropriate as you've got a son in aries talking to you
0: yeah 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 i i sort of um i was thinking about you for this this full moon because i knew that you had that that exalted airy sun. So I thought you'd have some good perspective on this one for sure. (laughs) Um, If you're joining us here, let us know where you're coming from here in the chat box. I see we've got some people checking in from Finland. We've got an international crew here. Uh, We've got some West Coast folks. Um, Very nice to see all of you. And I hope that we'll be able to, to give you some wisdom today. So Kat, tell me a little bit more about yourself uh your journey some of the projects you're working on because you've got some pretty exciting things in the hopper right now
1: indeed well i i think so anyway but um yeah so i've got into astrology a few years ago not not so um i'm pretty new to it basically uh but one of the things that has really captivated me recently is this concept of the daimon in astrology i know that we've had a bit of a chat about that on on my podcast as well um Mm. because i know that you mentioned the diamonds associated with, with Deccans, and um but anyway that this this concept of the diamond has just really kind of like captivated me and it's my research has turned into a book somehow over the last year or so and to me that's actually really tied into this full moon cycle but um that's a, like a kind of personal part of this for me so I'm really happy to be talking about it today um yeah and and the diamond can be thought of as you know, a spirit guide, a lot of us have kind of come across this concept of having a a guiding force in our lives or a little sidekick that can take us by the hand through this life. Um, And it's been a big part of how I've come to understand astrology, especially in terms of what it means that we've got some, we've got a tool or a practice, I like to think of it as just a a practice really, um, that can show us, you know, what, what lies ahead. And the The questions that I had, especially when I first started getting into astrology, was what What do I do with that information? Like, if you know, I, I understand that some things are predetermined, but then there's also free will. What does that mean? And for me, the daimon really speaks to um, how we meet that fate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that concept in itself has just been very helpful in my understanding of astrology and yeah that's uh, does that make sense (laughs) i think for sure
0: i've been really impressed with the way that you've done such a a deep dive on the diamond i remember when we were first talking about this you were in the beginning stages of this and it's just it's blossomed into this really interesting project um and you have a kickstarter going for this as well correct
1: yes yeah partly because it's a great way to you know drum up support for the book while it was kind of still getting um sort of finished up and getting like all the like editing parts done to it and I was like I really need to know that people are actually up for this that it's not just me um having a passion project but turns out a lot of people are interested in in the diamond so I'm I'm really delighted by that um and it's also been a way for me to talk about some of the other things that I wanted to offer people things like uh workshops courses um one-to-one diamond readings which are really you know using traditional um astrological techniques but highlighting the fact that so much of what we understand as astrology is based on this kind of play of daimon and fortune um and and this like really interesting you know it can, it can be seen in the sun and the moon for example so it's these aren't like new new newfangled techniques these are like rooted in the the, the foundations of astrology
0: yeah you've you've been you've been busy because i've i've seen that you have some interviews that i haven't even caught up with on your channel i I saw that you had what was jeffrey cupperman was on yes yeah yeah (laughs) awesome
1: i was like you know, I, I'm I'm not aware that he's a very interesting guy. Yeah, yeah,
0: because we talked about this book. Um, Gosh, Living...
1: You were the one who told me about that. It, right, yeah. right.
0: That's why I'm saying like uh, th- this book, Living Theurgy, which is all about the daimon and like the ritual practice connected with it. And then I see Kat's got the author on her channel. I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta check this out. So um, if you're interested in that, um, I'm sure that he has some really interesting things to say, because that book is really, really awesome. And I need to catch up on that video. Um, but for those of you who want to support Kat's work with this, which is really, really fascinating work, uh, there's a link in the chat at the top of the chat for her Kickstarter. and she has all sorts of interesting um, offerings. I, I supported this Kickstarter and I bought I was so glad to see that she offered a hardcover book because I'm really uh, I'm, I'm old school. And I like having the physical thing in my hand. So I was like, oh, yeah, all right, I'm in, you know. So there's hardcover books, there's readings, there's e-books, there's all sorts of things, whatever you need for the diamond. So check that out. Um, Support her project. It's a really cool project. It's something that... Um, I, I use a lot in my practice with the the and the spirits associated with it, but it goes much deeper than that. So, really excited for for you on that cat. Cat's um, also an alumni of the the nightlight astrology program as well, and has worked with the chewdown some stuff. So, um, yeah, it's 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 really exciting to see you know fellow alumni of the program kind of just doing their thing and finding their own voice and and things like that. So it's. You know, congratulations on that. Really, really cool work. Really excited for it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's it's always fun. I always remember seeing you in class and be like, I want to talk more to Spencer. And so it's really great that we get to have these conversations as well.
0: Definitely, Definitely. for sure. Um, yeah, we, we we always have these like like mini chats, you know, in, in class sometimes where you're in you in class and you're like talking and like saying stuff and having going off on tangents about things. So um the feeling is mutual and I'm glad that you're here today. All right, so let's take a look. Uh, we've got people coming in from Asheville, North Carolina, Detroit, um, who else? Croatia. Andrea's here from Croatia. Lisa's here from New York. Susanna from Finland. Tara's uh, coming in from Toronto. Anna's here from Copenhagen. Very, very cool. I love how international this mm-hmm. this crowd is. And you're joining us, Kat, from England today?
1: Yeah, 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 Brighton, okay. the UK.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Um, All right. So we're going to start diving in here before I do just one last little housekeeping thing. Um, I have a thing going on as well. I'm I'm doing a webinar on the decans of Scorpio coming up on November the 13th, which is a Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. I've been doing a series of decans where I've recently done Virgo and Libra, and it's a real deep dive into the significations of those 10 degree sections, but it's a little bit more than that. It's kind of turned into um the mythology associated with each of these signs and and the diamonds and spirits and the tarot cards. I like to call it integrative divination. So we look at things through many different lenses. I've been drawing upon stuff from Liz Green and Austin Kapick and Demetra George and like trying to fuse it all together into like, I don't know. Like like you know, like you're doing with the diamonds, like it's like, kind of like just throwing all your knowledge into a pot, letting it stew a little bit and see see what comes out. So uh if you are interested out there and learning more about that, um there's an early bird discount going on up until November the first. You can use the code Scorpio20 to sign up for that and you'll get 20% off. So hope that you can join me for that. And um, yeah. Our shameless plugs are over, uh, <laughs> we'll get to the full mood here. All right, so I'm going to share my screen here and we'll take a look. This is October the 20th, Wednesday um, at 1056 a.m. Eastern. So do the adjustments for your time zone uh, out in Brighton. You're, uh, what, five hours ahead of us here?
1: Uh, yes, yes.
0: that's about right. So it'll be about 4 p.m. Brighton time. Okay. Um, Any initial thoughts about this full moon? We've got the opposition of the sun in Libra and the moon in Aries. Uh, A number of planets recently went direct. What do you think? What are are some initial broad strokes that you've got for us today, Kat?
1: So broad strokes for me, I mean, my eye was obviously drawn to that Mars in Libra, but also that square with pluto um and my kind of like summary and and i'm we we can like pull it out a little bit yeah but for me this speaks to like some some real built up um tensions resentments even like trying to hold a lot of things down trying to keep that peace like that's the, the the sort of libra side of this um but you know ever since that um New Moon in Libra. I just feel like now we've we've done our best to keep it in, and now mm. things need to come out, and that might be kind of explosive and um, and challenging. Uh, I also had like this idea of cutting ties, mm-hmm. ending relationships, uh, but also sorry, I'm just going to throw a lot of things out. Yeah, Ag- yeah. Agree, agreeing to disagree, yeah, um, and even and I heard this in a song lyric, literally a couple of days ago. Can we disagree to agree? I was like what does that mean? And and it just made me think of this. This idea of we might need to have some conflict if we're going to reach an agreement at all here. Yeah. Um so so that's those are some of the some of where I'm at right now with this.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um I mean I don't know if I'm going to like it when it happens, <laughs> but I like the way that you've analyzed that. Um I mean I think the first thing that comes to mind, you know, piggybacking off of what you were saying is that this initial new moon cycle that we're mm-hmm. seeing come to fruition uh, had some really challenging stuff in it. It had Mars conjunct, you know, it was it, it was right on this fixed star called Algarab, which is a sort of challenging fixed star. I mean, anytime Mars, I think, gets in the mix here with these Libra planets, um, you know, it, it's really uh, making it difficult to come to a consensus or, or to find that that equilibrium or that balance it's separating us from that beautiful agreement that we're hoping to get to. And, um, you know, we talked last week or not last week, the, a few weeks ago with Mel LaFara about, you know, we're, there's a lot of contract negotiation type of things from this new moon. And it, it, those negotiations may be fraught with a little bit of peril. And here we, we've been trying to find the, um, You know the right proportion for each side but at at some point you have to kind of advocate for your own needs as well right and i think that my my broad strokes would be hey this may be the time to say you know what we've been really trying hard to to find this like totally fair totally equal type of experience but this is really what i need (laughs) to like have this work and we may have feel i think I think we may feel a little bit like we've given too much on some level now it's time to to reclaim a little bit of that I guess power you could say which will will piggyback off into the the animal I pulled which was the jaguar so we'll talk about the lessons of integrity and reclaiming our power. Um no, yeah. I sorry go on. No, go on.
1: No, I I just I love what you're saying there and the image that came up for me was this idea of we're sort of backed into a corner here. Yeah. We don't want to like, be super assertive necessarily and, and um, kind of ruffle any feathers. But at this point, it's like we've, we've tried the other avenues. Yeah, Is that kind of what you...
0: Totally. And, and I, I think that you, know, you, you made a great point about Mars being a, a player in this lunation, not only because it's the host of the moon, but because it's making and applying square to Pluto so you know many planets over the last few weeks here have been going through that square to pluto and you know those two decans you know the third decan of libra has to do with uh, that daimon nemesis which was the restorer of right proportion it was sort of a uh, an avenging goddess you know where it said it's going to give you what is your due okay so that that's more of the The more objective perspective is saying whatever it is that you've done you're going to receive your your due from that whether it's good or bad it's going to like check the excesses of 2k or fortune and be able to restore that right proportion now all of those planets in that third decan of libra here that we're seeing are making that square to pluto in the third decan of capricorn now That decan, I always like to think about that as the administration of power, of authority, right, of bureaucratic systems. I think that's one thing that comes up. So I think that we're trying to make all these micro adjustments in the third decan of Libra, and we're running against the corruption, Pluto, in the system and the like, you know, the arguments that we have to To have to be able to work within some kind of i i think the word that comes up is red tape like this to me is like hey you know you're you're battling with a very entrenched skeletal system um I wanted to share this with you because this I'm reading this. I love that you share. I get in Kat's newsletter. If you're not signed up on Cat's newsletter, sign up for it because she shares what she's reading each week, which for like a bibliophile. Sometimes it's, sometimes
1: it's really embarrassing. I'll be like, it's been the same book for several weeks. Cause I just haven't <laughs> picked up any. That's okay.
0: Yeah. Cause it's, you know, you gotta absorb it. You know, um, I might have to, to steal that and be like Spencer's book club or something, cause I've been, I've been absorbing Liz green lately, the luminaries. And last night I was reading and I came across something about Saturn. And this is, I think this is apropos because Pluto is in Saturn's house right now. And I just wanted to read a little tiny little section because Liz Green is talking about um, sort of like Saturn as a Daimon, as the host of a solar heroic journey. So in this book, she talks about the moon more as like a, instinctual awareness more related to the body more related to an environment but she talks about the sun not necessarily as character but as this like uh you know kind of joseph Mm campbell-esque hero's journey that is informed by the planet that hosts it so in this journey with the sun we have venus informing the journey Mm -hmm. right in sagittarius maybe we're on a journey for truth a journey for belief um with and it's conjoined the south node so maybe we're letting go of some old beliefs to move forward mm-hmm. but with with pluto in saturn's house she talks about saturn as uh the, the, she she brings in myth so well and she talks about the both the castration story of saturn and uranus who was saturn's or Cronos's father uranus where he castrated his father, and then his genitals fell into the sea, and from that uh, castration was born both Aphrodite and the Uranus, who is the, the daimon of Libra I. The, the, they were basically uh, these monsters that people prayed to to punish uh, criminals that went un, uncaught or something of that nature. So the, the interesting thing that she says about Saturn, though, is that as castrator, And as the swallower swallower of children, we are, by, by castrating, we are eliminating future possibilities by concretizing something, by bringing something into form and into structure, into law, whatever it is, we're saying, okay, we're going to eliminate all the other possibilities and make this thing real, right? And I thought that was so brilliant, the way that she was talking about that. And then she talks about the swallowing story of where Kronos was swallowing his, her, his children. And, you know, and then eventually Zeus you know, allowed him to throw them up and liberated them. But I think of Zeus as creating an even maybe future possibility, whereas Saturn is saying, I want the status quo. I want to, to keep these laws solid and stable. I'm going to swallow future possibilities and say, no, I'm not going to allow myself to be, to to change, (laughs) right? It's like the, it's like trying to to stave off change on some level, right?
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, as you're saying that, what I was thinking of is a bit of a conundrum with with Libra, which is by saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to everything else. Yes. And I think Libra doesn't want to do that which is interesting because Libra is the exaltation of Saturn, but i right. you know, tying my brain in knots here, but th- that's, that's interesting. Yeah, um, go ahead. I, I did also want to talk a bit about Jupiter in this mix because for mm-hmm. me, this, that, especially that, that, that Mars Jupiter trine, um, which is also part of this, mm-hmm. um, a sense of like ramping up that sense of what is right, like almost self-righteousness, which it kind of ties into that Pluto story as well because let's say we come up against this red tape I mean everyone seems to have an, an opinion about you know whether it's the government or like how are things being done in the world right now that's more more maybe more so than at least in my life right. ever before um so again that kind of question with Jupiter of like well you know Jupiter at this this full moon will have just turned direct and I feel like there might have been some, some questions or doubt still in our minds. But by this full moon, you know, it will be like, well, I wasn't sure, but now I am. And now I have to make a choice. Yeah. Is, that, is that making sense?
0: Absolutely. You know, there's so many planets that have been reviewing processes lately, you know, mm-hmm. with Hermes, Mercury being direct and going Kazemi. Mars was Kazemi. Um, and then we recently had Saturn and now Jupiter turning direct all on the, like two days before this Mm -hmm. Mercury and Jupiter are going to be turning direct on the same day. It's going to be a big day. That's going to be Monday, the 18th. Um, and I like what you're talking about with finding clarity where we've been weighing in Libra style, Mm -hmm. these two different options, these two different directions, maybe even more than one direction or more than two, I guess I would say. This is one thing I talked about in my Libra Deccan's webinar is and this was piggybacking off another Liz Green story where she was talking about um, myths with people that had to make really difficult choices. And one was the myth of Paris, who had to to choose and give the golden apple uh, to the fairest of the three goddesses, Hera, Aphrodite and uh, Athena. (laughs) and he he, you know this this was liz green's great point though is she said that paris it's not that libra aka paris can't make a choice it's that he's nervous that when he makes a choice he's going to feel the wrath of the 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 one he didn't choose do you see what i'm saying and i I think that that to me might be libra in a nutshell it's not that they're just wishy-washy indecisive it's that they are actually really considering the ramifications of the choice that they are making and what they are rejecting, does that make sense
1: no c- completely completely
0: um so so I think that you know with Pluto in this Saturnian place, and with with Saturn itself being very strong and Jupiter being in that Saturnian house of of Aquarius as well, there is some c- castration that is happening where we we can't pursue every single option, and that's gonna you know have ramifications and some of them might bring up some really difficult buried feelings. I think that that's what I've been thinking about Pluto lately is I, and I sound like a broken record, but it's the plunger. I used to think of it as just the clogged toilet, but it's both the clogged toilet and the plunger. It's saying, all right, it's time to clean the shit up. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> right. Beautiful.
0: So, so I think we may see, uh, an overflowing toilet in some area of our life that needs, rebalancing that needs micro adjustments, which I think Libra three talks about. Austin Coppock calls that Deccan a gyroscope. So it's all about these little minor equilibriums that we're trying to stay balanced within and sort of an eye of the hurricane type of energy where I've been talking to a lot of Libra clients that have these placements, and one thing that I advise them is that you may find yourself in situations of chaos often and Instead of always looking for the external environment that is peaceful, you, by you know, being able to find the meditative peacefulness, Four of Swords, will be bringing the peace to the situation. You are the force that will bring equilibrium and will bring balance and restore right proportion like the goddess nemesis. And I think that that really, that clicks on some light bulbs for folks sometimes
1: yeah I, I can imagine and um i, I, I like the, the plunger analogy and it was making me think um that you know what, what will the outcome of this full moon be for mm-hmm. for a lot of us like if we were just to talk in general terms and one of the things that i've been kind of trying to come to terms with is this idea of things may get messier before we can have that cleanup you know mm-hmm. in order for us to to clean the thing or unblock whatever it is deal with whatever it is things will get messy mm-hmm. And I think knowing that, I mean, I have the word like patience circled here because okay. it's a hardcore, uh, a, a true Aries sun. I'm like, I don't do patience very well, but I feel like this, you know, and I was reflecting on this at the the new moon in Libra. And um, one of my sort of takeaways there was, okay, I really need to be patient th- through this. I need to s- tread, tread carefully right now because the full moon will be a kind of reckoning in many ways. Yeah. Um, but the story is the same. I still think that story is... Has a lot to do with. I mean, has a lot to do with a lot of things, but patience was was one of the kind of keywords for me.
0: Absolutely, I think that we all benefit from slowing down every once in a while and considering the ramifications of our actions. And it may be challenging to do this at this full moon because that Aries moon wants action. Yeah. You know, it wants to be able to move and and um, move forward. One one little anecdote. Um, I was looking up in my journal, because and, and I highly recommend if you want to learn astrology, write the aspects in your journal on the margins, and then write <laughs> your experience, and then you can look back and say, okay, what was going on in my life when, when this aspect was happening? But this exact aspect, Mars and Libra squaring Pluto in Capricorn, happened roughly two years ago, I think. And my, the drain in my basement uh, backed up completely and like there was just like sewage in my basement <laughs> like it was literally like the you know the 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 system of the, the skeletal system of the house like you know backing up and needing to be roto-rooted and plungered out and it, i just had to chuckle a little bit at that because i was like oh no
1: <laughs> i've got a current one of the spencer um yeah. the, the in my, in my um, apartment block to do with like the i think it's to do with like the petrol gas crisis in the uk right now and um the 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 bin guys aren't coming to collect our our oh, no. our garbage. I'm trying to use the American terms. I want yeah. to say rubbish. Rubbish is the correct, yeah. 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 Um, and so it's a backup for us. This whole apartment block, we're we're like, okay, we need to find other ways of dealing with our trash. And oh, no. um, I hadn't even clocked Spencer until you said yeah. that. I was like, oh, that's that's exactly what so we're doing right isn't now. It? It sucks. And <laughs> it's be-
0: it's because of some kind of like foundational system that is not functioning properly right yes so yeah I, I i actually what what is funny is that i have a building a, a city building expe- inspection that's going to happen literally like within half an hour of that full moon on that day wow. so i'm kind of like oh no what what are they going to unearth from the bowels of our apartment or whatnot hopefully that goes well um but yeah you know, and we talking about this this moon a little bit too. I mean, I think we we're kind of touching on the the Mars Pluto square. Um, I guess just on one other thing to finish up with that aspect of it, Mars is going to be on a fixed star called Spica, and Spica is pretty uh, usually a very fortunate fixed star, um, which has to do with the consolidation of the harvest. Uh, it has to do with uh, our gifts, our skills, our talents, but also benefits that we get from patronage from people that assist us and help us. And I think that with Mars here, Mars is always gonna be Mars. And the way I've started looking at different planets on the fixed stars is they're gonna do what they do with those significations. So with Mars being a planet that severs and separates and creates conflict, maybe there might be some, some conflict with people that we normally look to for support. Right, that normally are like on our team and say, you know what, here, this is this is uh, what I'm going to do to benefit you.
1: That's yeah, that's really interesting. That because it, I've just got a feeling, and it's partly reflected in some situations, um, like with a friend. uh, She was telling me about um, a a gig that she she sound it sounded really attractive, but she saw a lot of red flags, and it speaks a lot to me about this won't be an easy. we if we do have to to cut any ties it won't be easy because in a sort of again it might be something that we're looking towards as uh either support or whatever you know speaker represents to you in your life it won't be easy because we'll 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 be scared like oh if i turn this job down or if i say no to this person this figure of authority Mm -hmm. um what will the ramifications of that be Totally. But, but the outcome, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of on the side of the, the Marsy snip snip here because mm-hmm. I can't help but think that it will be worth it.
0: Yeah. It,
1: yeah. But it, it definitely might seem a lot more difficult, especially as we're on this side of the full moon.
0: 100%. And, and I, you know, we, if we go back to that new moon again, Algarab, 13 degrees of Libra is basically a fixed star that has to do with temptation. Uh, and distraction. And I think that we've, and I know I've personally been presented with some opportunities over the last few weeks that could be about partnering that I had to do maybe even more divination on and more meditation and reflection on, because I knew in the back of my mind, this new moon was on Algarab. This is one that could be like, it, it seems attractive, but it may be taking you away from a sacred task that you've been given, right? And, and we may see this come to fruition at this full moon where you say, you know, this is an, an attractive opportunity, but like you said, you may have to pass on it to be able to manifest sovereignty, you know? Mm. And I think that, that this is another thing that I'd see with Aries. The journey of the Aries decans and the Aries cards is separating Mars from the collective to, to become an individual sovereign, powerful you know point of consciousness and then this third decan that we're seeing here is venus ruled so we have a mars decan a solar decan and then a venus decan. so you separate through conflict saying this is what i'm not right to be able to infuse into a body later with taurus and then we are able to to rule in our own worlds of uh, aries 2 so to speak and then in the third decan we're trying to gain a following. We're trying to say, "Hey, I've established this individual sovereign state. Do you want to come live here? Do you want to, you know, be on my side?" And and it's through charisma, it's through eros, the diamond eros that is associated with this deck, that maybe we are, we are able to win over some kind of hostile crowd, right? Like Austin Kopic talks about a comedian that's that's using humor and charisma to you know, win over like a skeptical, hostile, you know, I don't know, collective. And um, I think of like, uh, you know, this is also I wrote down in my notes, like sex appeal type of thing where you're kind of using just your your wiles to be able to seduce people. Um, Marilyn Monroe had this placement. She had Venus in the of of Aries. So you can think of that kind of energy of Marilyn Monroe and the way that she would just look at somebody and and, and, you know, make them come over to her side of things, you know?
1: Oh, I love that. And it also makes me think that, well, it's a reminder that at least this, maybe at least that this second, Aries, isn't about conflict for conflict's sake. Mm-hmm. There is something on the other side, like you said, whether that's, you know, asserting some kind of sovereignty. Um, it, it's a nice reminder of that, particularly um, as you are describing it.
0: Well, and, and that, that may be the Jaguar's message for us with this is that, you know, we are powerful beings that we are uh, unique, that we have these we have beauty that we can share with one another. There's one little factoid with the Jaguar. The little spots that they have are called rosettes. Mm. And Austin Coppock's name for this Stechen was a burning rose. And I thought that was an interesting Mm. synchronicity. So it's like you're you're showing off your your own innate beauty. And that will that will give you uh, um, That will bring you the followers that you need. I think that that's that's something that I Ching was talking about. We'll get to that in a second. But it's like if you are being yourself and if you are having a true heart, right? If you're uh, acting within your own integrity, you don't need to really do much more than that. You, You will gain the right type of support rather than having to flatter support that may lead to entanglements that you might not want to be part of.
1: And and this is a massive thing about Aries as well. There's a lack of tolerance for um, what, what Libra does. You know, on a very, on some level, very well is okay. I'm gonna, you know, let's say it's keeping as many people as possible happy. Yeah. Well, Aries doesn't want that if that means that some of the people are like false in some way,
0: right?
1: Right. So so it's that classic story, and I think a lot of us, you know, who are unfortunately In the mire of social media um there is a sense that we we actually it's not about pleasing everyone that the most the highest thing that we could aspire to at least i I feel this is doing our own thing and then the right people will will find you If, if you're not for everyone which you won't be that's okay too yeah um and i think i i think aries can do that that's that's like a strength of this
0: Spoken like a true angular Aries. <laughs> I'm, <sun>. I'm <laughs> I love it. Well, that's why you're here today. You're you're helping to teach us what what an Aries would do, you know, W W A D. What would Aries do at this at this full moon? Um, because you know, we're we're all mired in this solar Libra energy right now where, you know, our collective um aspiration maybe might be to to find some win-win situations and might be to find these uh peaceful solutions i think one of the things that aries can teach and balance libra energy is that sometimes you have to have necessary conflict to be able to find those solutions to bring peace sometimes you have to fight for peace you know and i think that that's there's definitely an interesting paradox in equilibrium with that and here's, I think, one of the keys that I learned from my deep dive in Libra is that if you don't advocate for your half of the, you know, contract that will eventually breed resentment mm-hmm. and, and that resentment is going to eat you alive inside and eventually lead to future conflict. Mm-hmm. So by, by embracing the necessary conflict in the beginning with your authenticity. You avoid future, bigger, nastier, you know, more, maybe even passive aggressive, challenging stuff, right? That's the beauty of Aries is sometimes you just get it all out on the table and like, all right, take it or leave it. Uh, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, like, okay, that's okay. I'm fine. I'm just going to go do my thing. <laughs> right. I don't mean to be crass about it, but that seems like what yeah, Aries would There would, would definitely do. be a
1: bit of potty mouth with Aries.
0: yeah. Right? Yeah. And it'd just be like, you know, okay, shove off. All right. I'm just going to go do my thing. Thanks for, thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> right. No,
1: and I love what you, you, you flagged yeah. up that, that question of resentment and that was a key part in that friend that I mentioned earlier. I was like, don't say yes to this because you will resent it. Like yeah. it sounds attractive now, but, and, and you don't want to, I mean, the big part of it was, Oh, I don't want to let anyone down. Right. And it's like, that's a great intention. Great, lovely, like Venusian intention, but it was like, you know, I can see you resenting this down the line and, um, it will be, it will be hard initially to send that email or get on that call. Um, but the outcome will be so good. And and that's just keeps coming. That's just so my, my take on this full moon is the outcome will be worth it.
0: Yeah. I, I feel it. And I, I, you know, like I said, I've had a a little opportunity I've been wrestling with over the last week or so where I had the opportunity to to partner Libra style with somebody, but, you know, after considering it, I, what I had to think about was I actually have a lot on my own plate right now, and I, and I don't think I would be able to take on more, number one. And number two, I'd gotten into situations like that before where, you know, I'm a, I'm a Leo ascendant, so kind of <laughs> like being my own boss, you know, <laughs> like, where I know that eventually I'm going to be like, I, I want to be the—it's the... not that I can't work with people, it's that I would prefer— To be the the final say does that make sense yeah and like i think that's sort of maybe a little bit of an aries thing too where it's like we can work with people and delegate and and have some partnerships but at the end of the day it would be easier if we just like had the you know okay well yeah that's fine but we're gonna be pressing the final go button here and
1: and you don't want to risk that getting to that place where you have to have that right you know That that conversation. I mean, regardless of sign, it's like I think it's it's the solar thing, and that's what I think Aries and Leo can can both really relate on. It's like we are, yeah. Anyone can continue. Well, and
0: I don't even think it's necessarily a power thing. I think for me, what it is is that I have a certain standard and belief system that I want to infuse in all of the work that I do, and I'm really stubborn about compromising that standard. And I want to be able to to hold myself to that standard and that like, you know, belief system without having to dilute it. Mm -hmm. And one thing I have found, and this is something that I had to wrestle with, is that every time I choose myself and my integrity there's two things that happen one one thing that happens is that I can feel good about that number one but the second thing that happens is that it may slow down the process of growth because th- maybe these opportunities could you know have a, a, a momentary boost but at the end of the day then I'll not feel good about it and mm-hmm. and I think that you have to overcome that impatience To be able to stay true to your original vision, because eventually, if you're true to your original vision, to me, the the definition of integrity is having a a similar expression of what who and what you are and what you feel inside and your outer expression. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you keep true to that vision, I think what we're both saying here is that you will attract the right people, you will attract the support that you need because they know that they can trust you to be true to that vision. And that's Eros in, in a nutshell, too, is there are two arrows that Eros, Eros has. One is a golden-tipped arrow that inspires passion, lust, and attraction. But there's another arrow that's made of lead. And this is something that people don't necessarily um, recognize in this story. And that, that creates disgust. That creates repulsion. And, and he had the ability to do both. And I th- I think it's really fascinating to see that that both of those things might be active during this this full moon
1: oh i love that i mean it makes me think of like venus generally anyway because it's not just what we love it's also what we we don't love
0: Um, because you're gonna have to say you know what this is me but this is not me and that's okay you can figure out what is you and what is not you and then we can allow each other that you know, that's where you were talking about agreeing to disagree or disagreeing to agree. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, there's there's I think that the, the what it really boils down to is that this is a multidimensional universe and we can there's a lot of different ways to be. And there's a lot of different ways. There's unlimited ways for the, the divine to express itself within the collective. And it's all unique. It's all um, fascinating and, and interesting. And we may not agree with every facet of it but that's okay because that's part of our journey of individuation our solar individuation right um yeah i I really love combining uh planets with their domicile and exaltation lords to get like a a vibe of a sign and and i go ahead no go on well just just the mars solar and like combination for aries really resonates like separating to become an individual selected point of consciousness
1: it's it's funny because i was having similar thoughts but it was about the the libra venus saturn stuff and how th- like the deeper you get into any of these signs the more clear those planetary rulers come out come forth so it's, it's yeah. fun that's like this is what astrologists do for fun
0: yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah it like in just to to expand on that point you were making about libra when we have venus venus wants to unify Things that have been separated. Saturn is, you know, casting things into exile. But I think that really a deeper meaning of Saturn after the, you know, learning about Nemesis and the Uranus and Horcos and all these different diamonds is that Saturn's exaltation in Libra is about restoring right proportion and equilibrium. I think that's really what Saturn is really loves doing in Libra. It's saying, this is excessive we're going to bring this, we're going to increase what is lacking, but also decrease what is excessive. I think that's something that I found that reflects the receiving what is your due. Like you could receive a punishment with Saturn, but you could also receive the rewards of hard work over time for your patience. I think that's another thing that you can think about with the gifts of Saturn. Um, I don't think it's 100% like just, oh, this is a uh, an authoritative father that that is always trying to knock us down a peg you know
1: it's like um i think is it lisa said here saturn is the fulcrum of the balance i yes. love that i think that's a yes. really nice way because yeah, it's it.
0: the structure right it's the it's the the thing that supports the movement and it says there's the point the center point yeah lisa uh lisa has some Libra stuff in her chart without giving up too much away but Lisa's living this (laughs) (laughs) so she gets it yes for sure um okay do you so any other things that we're seeing here in this full moon experience
1: those were my main points um I think we covered a lot yeah uh, just on just the planets
0: just one more one more thing here with Jupiter this this is, you were talking about bringing Jupiter in the mix with a trine. Yeah. Um, this second of Jupiter is s- consecrated or syncretized with the uh, seven of swords, And that's where we're leaving the past behind and we're untying, excuse me, karmic bonds. So Jupiter, to me, the way I'm viewing Jupiter in a chart now is Jupiter is a solar sect planet. It is related to conscious action that we take and it brings us good fortune via the conscious actions that we are taking or honor or merit whereas like venus is maybe it's lunar and it may be the things that come to us that we are receptive to maybe through not anything that we even did you know sort of like mars bringing us misfortune the same way Uh, and saturn being solar relating to you know (laughs) receiving our due From our actions our previous actions but if but that's a long-winded way of saying you may be able to bring honor and merit to your situation by leaving the past behind and saying i don't have to stand my ground or die on this hill any longer right
1: yeah yeah i mean it it was just kind of making me think that that, that's that's huge and it's something that i speak a lot about um with a friend of mine who I, i think a problem, this could just be like a Mercury-Jupiter story. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Yes. But where Jupiter can have trouble, like once the story is complete, like, okay, I have my, this is my grand analysis of this thing. And, and here's, here's my new belief system. I've made T-shirts and everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and, and like, it's it's tricky then to, to to change that. Whereas the Mercury story is um it never existed in the first place. Mm. We we never had that. It was always ever up for debate. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. And, and I think that that brings in that the host of the sun and Mars right now too, with Venus on the South node, which Mm. is saying, Hey, maybe it's time to let go of an old belief that you're hanging on to. That, so that you don't like say, well, I said it, so mm-hmm. it's that it must be right, you know, type of thing. Like, I think that's a Jupiter type of experience too. Like, well, I believe that in the past, so I've I've got to you know stick to <laughs> yes. this. And uh, you know, we're seeing this with this nodal axis right now that we're really finishing up the journey of the the north node in Gemini and the south node in Sagittarius, where where we've been tasked with increasing our ability to see multiplicity of perspective, yeah. right, and to be flexible with our belief with our opinion, and, you know, be able to go between worlds and say, like you said, with Hermes, it's, it's never um, solidified. It's always there's always a, a room for a question. And mm-hmm. I find this as a person who has four planets in mercury world science. <laughs> I'm always I'm always asking the questions. Like I, I I have a real discomfort with making declarative statements and then not asking 10 questions afterwards. I think you probably saw that in it, class. <laughs>
1: no, it's funny because I made this point today. I think it was in preparing for a for a client reading but I was like oh this is this whatever it was was it an aspect or a placement and I was like this is the kind of thing where um, answers to questions breed more questions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and and yeah, that that's what that's making me think of. And um and that, I just I don't think that's a bad thing. I get mad frustrated with it because I'm a I moon mean, and My partner's super mercurial, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I, that's not the grand thing that we agreed to last Tuesday. That's, that's not right. the grand vision. <laughs> right. It's changed. How terrible.
0: Oh, that 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 change. It's gonna get. Go. That's the one thing we have to accept, isn't it? On some level. Mm. Um, yeah, w- one other little interesting factoid that, that came up when you were telling that story is the, the new moon on Algorab. Algarab um, has some significations with dishonesty as, and like gossip and things of that nature too. And there was a news cycle here in America about a, a, a football coach whose emails had been leaked to the media where he was saying a number of very racist and homophobic type of things. And I looked up his chart, his name's John Gruden, he was the coach of the Los Angeles Raiders. Um, and he had Mars, guess where he had Mars? Guess where his Mars is? I
1: don't know, South Node, what are you gonna say?
0: 13 degrees Libra on oh, Algarab, where that new oh, moon was, right? Sorry. right? So he, he had Mars exactly on that new moon that we had a Mars Kazimi, a Mercury Kazimi, and it, it was exposing his mm-hmm. like, you know, behind the scenes, nefarious, like finger pointing and like blaming and all of the negative things associated with Algarab. But I thought that it was fascinating because these were old beliefs that he had to flush down the toilet, basically, mm-hmm. with Venus here on the South Node. You know and that was the host of all this venus stuff is that he had a belief system that doesn't serve anybody at this point and he was receiving his due for what happened in the past nemesis style yeah. so, and his contract was was broken so he literally had like the 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 mars uh severing of he had a 10-year contract that he was only four years into and his contract was was um eliminated by his team so uh, I thought that was really a, a very poignant example of some of the things that could crop up at that full moon or that new moon that mm-hmm. we're seeing coming to fruition here.
1: Yeah, completely.
0: Okay. So <clears throat> I'm doing to check the chat. Any, any interesting questions, comments here? We're just getting a lot of uh, excitement for...
1: I think we're trying to make uh, the... Hashtag W W A D. Let's make it work.
0: Yes, let's let's uh let's put that out there if you want to use moon. that. Um,
1: Sponsored by this full moon.
0: That's right. Um, so if we move forward a little bit to the twenty-eighth, um I I like to kind of touch on a little bit just like the the quarter moons when we're doing stuff here. So here we're seeing a last quarter moon, which is generally a point where we are reevaluating um where we're having some kind of existential crisis after the full moon energy and the sun has since moved into scorpio and i'm going to do another uh, live stream on the new moon in scorpio but i just wanted to kind of you know spend just a minute on this with people uh because a couple things are going to be happening the sun's going to be moving into a square with saturn which probably won't be fun Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've got this moon in Leo. Um, Sun in Scorpio one has to do with like mourning a loss, uh, but also with hunger and desire. And I think hunger and desire for things that have passed their prime. Uh, One thing I wanted to throw this out to you and get your reflections on this, but the Mars separation that happens in Aries is generally to separate from the collective to be able to infuse into a body later in taurus the separation of mars and scorpio is the separation from the body or of form to be able to return to a spiritual collective in sagittarius does that make sense yep yep and i think a lot of the the stuff that we experience with the scorpio season is the decay at least in the northern hemisphere i know we have to most of our a lot of our significations are based on that and we have to acknowledge that but based on returning a form to the earth and saying we have to leave behind this ghost of the past and i think that you know saturn right now is asking us to to take on a whole new like paradigm right when we had that saturn jupiter conjunction and the air signs and we're 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 still in a more i think a lot of us are still in a mourning phase uh for this past reality that is no longer accessible
1: and i think part of that is because we don't have the full vision of what we're stepping into
0: yet right yes 100
1: what does that look like what's the embodiment of that um how do we you know what are the details as well like what the practical the practicals um
0: yeah, ambiguity, right? When we're in a period of transition, when we're traveling, we are stepping into, like you said, unknown territory, and we haven't really gotten the lay of the land yet. And one thing I'd been talking about with my partner, both of us have Taurus moons, so we're struggling a little bit with the air, the new air age, uh, is that things change so quickly now. And that the previous ways of growth, where you had to like she and i were talking about investing you know like like about like okay how do we plan for retirement and things like that and like the previous methods of like you buy some mutual funds and you invest in the stock market and you, you you save your pennies from doing your job that you've worked at for 30 years that doesn't really exist anymore right and like all this research is coming up about like reddit stocks stuff like super high risk investments like
1: going down like a youtube chat this is what i've been doing like going down like youtube rabbit holes of like i'm trying to understand get wrap my head around like cryptocurrency and all, all of this stuff it, right. it makes me very very concerned because again we don't have the the, the new thing hasn't been established yet everything's right. kind of up in the air
0: yes i 100 percent agree and, and it's making my head spin trying to as someone who's fairly risk averse trying to figure out what is this new air consciousness like cryptocurrency which is the epitome of like the new air paradigm where it, there's no centralization it's not a solid thing it's just like literally in the cloud you know and it's all up, all over the place um and and you're right we haven't quite figured out what we're, what our agreements are as a community around this new Necessary paradigm, and I think that that reflects Saturn and Aquarius is Saturn is establishing new laws, new ideals, new collective aspirations, and showing us what the new limits might be and it's at the very beginning of this journey It's it's, it's not even you know it's still on the first deck in here
1: yeah, and going back to what you're saying about like the like this idea of mourning mm-hmm. what's past i mean i've done that i've done that with like moving home um even this yeah. year like um me and my partner moved in together and we were we were mourning this previous place we couldn't even like enjoy the, the newness of the new thing because there had to be a mourning period even though the new place was obviously better yeah. so absolutely it's, it's it's a necessary part of this and maybe this school season is, is part of that
0: well and then the other thing i will add to that <clears throat> and I, I i feel you with the not even being able to catch your breath yet (laughs) enjoy the new thing but with this moon in leo here i think that the, the the challenge will be um a few things mourning a lost past right while also accepting that there are bigger forces in the collective that we may have to make adjustments to for the good of the whole rather than getting fixated on this leo energy of saying well i'm Special, so I've always done it this way, so I'm going to continue to do it this way. It's like, like your pride getting engaged, where you say, "Oh, well, I said it, you know, so it's going to be right, and I want to do this because, well, I'm the king," and <laughs> and we I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure right now to release that and say, "You know what? This is a whole new time period where our personal." actions do and they, they always have but there's going to be an awareness of this that our personal actions do affect others and that for us to survive as a species like i'm thinking of things like climate change and and, and you know all the actions people have been taking with the pandemic is that all of these things that we're doing do have an effect on each other right mm-hmm. and we can't escape that reality that um that that's a, a universal truth at this point. At the same time without losing our own individuality to a homogenized collective as well. So there's tension.
1: No, that was interesting. Cause I was finding my mind was kind of coming to the conclusion that you were like, literally you were saying it. And I was tying it back basically to this full moon in that let's say we've made a decision around this full moon um, on a really basic level, going back to my thing about like cutting ties or like asserting basically like Mm self-assertion but my note was like self-assertion has an impact so let's say we we get that that self um assertion part which is represented by the moon and leo like okay you've got that like winning um that has an impact and that's being challenged by you know these other things that are happening things represented by that that Saturn and aquarius um so yeah, just basically self-assertion has an impact. And I think we're being con- confronted at, by that at this first quarter, um, sorry, last quarter moon.
0: Yeah, you're going to be seeing the ramifications of that choice at this last quarter. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, okay, so that's our last quarter on the 28th. And that's going to lead us to a new moon in Scorpio too, but we'll get to that in the the next one that we do here. Just a little, you know, just to give you a little tiny piece it's opposite Uranus. So be prepared to get your routines shaken up a little bit around this period of time. Uh, it's exactly opposite Uranus. So there's there's something interesting that you might not be expecting is coming. I'm cringing at this because that new moon is exactly conjunct my uh, lower heaven, you know, my IC. Oh, yeah. And Uranus is exactly conjunct my MC. So, the plot thickens. Right. As a person who doesn't like change very much. Uh, <laughs> like I'm going to have to suck it up a little bit and you'll probably hear uh, the, the manifestation of that on this channel eventually. All right. We'll, let's, be, we'll be
1: staying tuned. Yeah, <laughs> stay,
0: stay tuned, everyone. Okay. So let's wrap a bow on this one and talk a little bit about the I Ching and our animal of the day. I'm going to draw this I Ching here on the screen so that you can see our hexagram. This is the hexagram number 42. You can see I'm doing a a bang up job drawing these lines with my mouse. Are we gonna play hangman? Right, right, I'll take E. No, you get a leg. Um, (laughs) so, So we have hexagram number 42 changing to hexagram number 21. And hexagram 42 translates roughly to increase, benefit, harvest enrichment generosity sharing your bounty which all could be considered like maybe the harvest of the fall and it's changing to number 21 which translates to biting through reform actively deciding administrating punishments this <laughs> style doing justice which uh, I just i laugh at it because the, the Iching is probably my ultimate favorite oracle uh, it just never beats around the bush as far as what is going on. Um, it also gives us some like actionable, maybe even moralistic ways of dealing with things, which I appreciate as well. Yeah. Two changing lines. Nine number four says, he walks the central path and reports to the Duke who follows his advice. It is beneficial to use this in order to move the capital city. That's fascinating because Kat just moved her capital city to a different location, right? You moved, moved apartments, right? More flats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this could reflect to uh, maybe finding yourself, the, the, some of the notes that came up was finding yourself in the role of a mediator, but making clear how both sides can profit uh, using your charisma and humor, like for, for uh, Aries 3 there um being reasonable and fair-minded and it's time to move forward into a new beneficial situation it's we've really been talking about a lot over this 2021 um leaving the past behind untying your karmic knots uh you know being true to yourself and taking the leap into the unknown right one more changing line if you are sincere and have kindness in your heart you need not ask supreme good fortune when there is sincerity kindness is your power i like that right um so what you're doing out of the goodness of your heart without thought of gain will nevertheless bring you influence and and recognition acting without guile being sincere and kind um if you work all of it's going to work out if you're true to yourself if you're being that sovereign aries individual right
1: yeah, I love that. And it really ties back to what you were saying. We were both talking about with um, yeah, being true to yourself, despite the fact that that might not please everyone. Um, it will please the right people. And it will, in the grand scheme of things, you know, the scales will be balanced. I think having trust around that. Um, and the word that I've kind of got circled, which I'm going to be meditating on, which you said was sincerity. I really, really like that as a kind of little mantra for this for this full moon
0: for sure um (laughs) susanna in the chat is telling me that i forgot to put a line in the hexagram so i am thanking her with my (laughs) <laughs> With I my... was like
1: no do, do like a self-portrait or something <laughs> right
0: <I can>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna embarrass myself because Susanna is from Finland and she is a master painter actually so, so I'll do, do my little stick figure of her here where you know it embarrassed myself and you know this is you know this is my little Sus- <laughs> <laughs> Susanna it's right that. here
1: the right. zoom art at its finest right there you go <laughs> so, <laughs> it's funny
0: oh we now we're getting a little punchy and cheeky here at the end of the, the thing so all right so yes i agree true to yourself um authenticity is the key just being able to be yourself work out of the goodness and kindness of your heart and and then that will lead to the reform and the the breakthrough i think and the the re balancing and equilibrium that you're looking for. Um, and then the last thing we have here, we're, we've I think, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but you know, the Jaguar. And the Jaguar is a, is a alpha predator. It's like, you know, the king of the jungle on some level. Um, and it's very stealthy though. So I think that this is something where you don't really need to announce everything like super loud. If you're pursuing something, Maybe it it will be more beneficial to to stalk it in the night, right like secretly. Yeah. I know that um, you you talk a lot about creativity. I love the way that you incorporate the creative process and one thing I've learned with the creative process, maybe you can expand on this is that sometimes you have to protect it like a cocoon, you know yeah, and yeah go ahead
1: oh no, it just made me think about like the phases of. Different people have different theories on this, but you can think about creativity as happening in phases. Mm. Um, and there's definitely a phase for, you know, getting your stuff out there and, and getting different people's opinion. But there's definitely also a phase for like incubating that and and protecting it, as you said.
0: Yeah, because then you're, what you're doing is you're, you're saying, okay, I'm committed to this without external interference that might uh, cause doubt, you know, before its birth. Because, you know, you're not going to, you know, back in the day when you had a baby, you know, you're not going to let every single person in town, like, come over and like sneeze on it, you know, <laughs> right? So you want it to survive. You're going to have to like say, okay, I'll, we'll see you in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, this little thing needs just our attention and our nurturing right now. And that may be another part of this, this message as well, too, is that if I think a lot of the times we put things out before we're hatched a little bit Mm -hmm. and um we allow other people's opinions to uh cause doubt and to cause us to question what we're doing and i think that that may be part of that aries moon too is keep something back for yourself so that you don't necessarily have to have everybody's input on this project it's okay to get some input at some point but to really be true to your integrity you know you got to hide it away from the world. It doesn't have to, you know, be on display all the time. And I I feel this with as being a second decade in cancer son is I'm all about protecting my little creative babies until they're ready to flourish. Um, yeah,
1: it makes me think about the I often do this with um, these moon circles that I hold and I talk about what stage of creativity are we at? in terms of the, the different uh, full moons and different signs and aries is like we're beginning something fresh blank sheet of paper but that is that that phase in creativity where we don't want input um it's not until maybe we get to the libra phase where we're thinking more about sharing things and getting a bit more feedback with the outer world so just to reflect that i think that works really well with this this full moon
0: absolutely i like to you know i used to teach um Songwriting classes at a community college here in the states, and one of the things I talked about was the the sculptor versus the midwife phase. Where in the beginning of that creative process, you have to be open to receive without engaging that inner critic or the external critic. You know, so if you're receiving that, you know, lump of divine clay, then eventually you can shape and you can mold in that sculptor phase. Uh, and that might be something to think about in this phase too. Is Allow yourself to receive that inspiration first before you cast doubt on it, because you you may be eliminating something too soon before it's fully realized within your own visionary process. I know I I used to do that a lot when I was writing songs, is sometimes I would eliminate something before it actually had the chance to to percolate. And -hmm. you never know when the muse or the daimon Mm -hmm. is going to visit you and give you some inspiration. So uh, I think that the other thing with Jaguar is it has a preference for a solitary life. It has a very large territory. So you may need some space to yourself after all this Libran togetherness that we may have been experiencing to be able to hear the voice of your own spirit, of your own good daimon, of your own 11th house guide or whatever, however you want to see it. Um, and then that's going to be able to be tr- allow you to be true to yourself. So... Yes i think that we did it anything else that you any thoughts cat
1: um no i love that i love the image of the jaguar and, and just my only closing thing on that was uh it's those rosettes that i think they're for camouflage aren't they they're yeah. not like yeah but aren't they what at least from our perspective what makes it unique mm-hmm. and it just makes me think of maybe that's a way of kind of uh coming to terms with both the ends of the libra aries thing it's like the parts of ourselves that we are kind of doing on some level to f- fit in or hide, like they, they can in some ways also be what makes us unique. We just, yeah, maybe we don't see it ourselves.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's okay to blend in a little bit, but then appreciate your own spots, you know, <laughs> like say, okay, I'm, I'm a beautiful, I'm a beautiful big cat. You know? <laughs> like I'm going to strut around the jungle a little bit, even if it's at night prowling around. Take a nap on
1: a tree. Yeah.
0: There you go. Exactly. Like getting a good perspective on things. Um, So, yes, beautiful insights, Kat. I'm looking at the chat box here, seeing if there's anything else that is going on. Lisa has a nice comment again saying, I believe there's usually a way to be true to yourself in such a way that everyone wins. You just have to stand strong and hold out. Okay. I like that, Lisa, for sure. Alfay says, authenticity is the way. Susanna is laughing at my drawing. Okay. Mm. Thank you, Susanna. I, I deserve that. <laughs> but seriously, check out her her art. It's, it's awesome. And uh, someday if I keep saying it on my channel, she'll send me one in appreciation for all the astrology that I've done here. <laughs> I'll, I'll give her some money someday. So let me know how much I need to send you for one of your beautiful paintings. Uh, Remco says to know to will, to dare, to keep secret and silent and to go on. Yes. Excellent, Remco. All right. I think that's what we've got. Um, again, <clears throat> support Cat and tell us your website, Cat. Where can we see where you're doing your things and your readings and all these things?
1: Yeah, you can. Thanks, Spencer. Um, you can find me at catroseastrology.com. Um, yeah, Cat with a C. Which
0: all right. I think that link is in the description of this video so check out cat's offerings make sure to support her kickstarter again she's got a hardcover book that you can get if you're like me and you like having that physical thing uh that I'm gonna will be draw
1: you a picture and some... yeah. oh, you spencer go. good
0: yes i love it i love it i love it i love the personalized picture so i'm looking forward to that and uh it's going on until october the 31st correct yes. Okay, so you you have until October the 31st to support Kat in her visionary daimonic work here. Uh, And again, uh, I'm offering a Scorpio Deccans webinar that will be on November the 13th, so you can sign up for that as well. If you are enjoying this channel, a few things that you can do is hit that like button. That really helps the algorithm get out to more people. If you are new to the channel, welcome and please subscribe so that you can know when we're going to be live again. I will be having another live stream on october the 22nd which is next friday with another good friend of mine and nightlight alumni hawk grub so we're going to be talking about the astrology of november so come check that out and um, yeah if you're having trouble with this uh lunar phase feel free to reach out to either Cat or myself for a reading and hopefully we'll be able to guide you through the process and bring you some relief all right my friends I think that's all I've got for today. Thank you so much for being here today. And uh, yeah, we will see you the next time. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you. All right.